Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Many Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, lips. The lovely, luscious lips of living and extinct animals. Who has the best pout, the most perfect kissable lips? From smoochable dinosaurs to some of the toughest lips on the planet, we're letting these critters get lippy with us. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, if you have a real long tongue, where do you keep it? Joining me today to rate these lips is producer at iHeartRadio and friend of the show, co-host of Ethnically Ambiguous, Anna Hosnew. Welcome! Hi, thank you for having me. Always, always fun. I am so, so excited for this one because there's big news, Anna. I don't know if you've heard about this, but T-Rex, you can kiss T-Rex. It's, it's canon now, scientifically canon. I, I'm going to need you to convince me on this one. Mm. I'm not saying you won't die. I'm just saying that they have lips. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. All right. You've convinced me. <laughs> The most dangerous kiss. Uh, so our understanding of how dinosaurs look like has changed over the years. Uh, we once thought they were scaly, brown or green kind of gaunt creatures. Uh, they are sometimes scaly. We still think that a lot of them were sort of had, had tough, leathery skin. But uh, we also think that they may have been feathery or colorful and maybe not as gaunt as they were once depicted Uh, This habit of reconstructing an animal from fossil records and not including enough fat, muscle, or other soft tissue mass is called shrink wrapping. Like, you've seen seen Jurassic Park. 
Uh, yeah, that's where most of my uh, dinosaur knowledge comes from, really. That and Land Before Time. Yeah, both very scientifically accurate movies. Uh, Land Before Time. You know what? Actually, I feel like in Land Before Time, the dinosaurs are, they've got a certain heft to them and a certain chubbiness that I appreciate. Uh, They're like children. They're like young kids who yeah. like haven't lost their baby weight yet. They're exactly. Cute. They are cute. And I, I like that. I mean, I do think that it is an interesting depiction of dinosaurs visually. Now, of course, like they probably couldn't talk. They probably uh, couldn't go on adventures together among many different species. I would love if that were the case. But yeah, they might have been more plump than we sort of envision them. Like in Jurassic Park, T-Rex is sort of this like very angular, very gaunt uh, creature, very scary looking and its teeth kind of jut out of it. Like, even when its mouth is closed, you can still see its teeth jutting out of it. And, of course, there's not a feather to be seen in any of the uh, Jurassic Parks. I don't believe so, right? I haven't actually seen the most recent Jurassic Parks, but I they didn't put any feathers in there, did they? I don't think so. I mean, I've seen them all, even the ones that get, like, the very bad ratings from ah. the most recent uh, franchises. And... No, uh, no feathers. No feathers. That probably would have made them better. Uh, I think it would have been very important. Plot points, you know, feathery dinosaurs could have could have been a thing. You could have been bold and done feathery dinosaurs, but they didn't, uh, and that's why they missed out on an Oscar. Yeah, that's what I always say as well. More feathers. Yeah, more feathers. I mean, think about it. Like recent Oscar winners, what do they all have in common? Feathers. So, uh, yeah, often T-Rex is depicted with these menacing teeth, uh, similar to like the crocodile where, you know, when the crocodile's mouth is closed, you can still see its teeth jutting out. Wow. T-Rexes are kind of ugly. Uh, it almost looks like they have hair on them, but I think that's just texture, right? I think that's just texture. I don't know about the, the evidence for T-Rexes having like, it wouldn't be hair. It would be like fine feathery down potentially uh there mm. may have been some species of t-rex like dinosaurs large dinosaurs that had some sort of like basically feathery coating maybe for warmth uh and certainly perhaps their offspring had some downy uh, fluff on them as well uh maybe when they're younger when they have less body fat that might have been useful uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know if uh if it is a really settled thing about whether adult T Rexes had any kind of feathers or not. But they do think that they had lips, uh, which is means that technically they could wear a lipstick. Which uh, I think you know you said they're ugly, but I feel like you put a little bit of lipstick on, a little bit of highlighter, and you know. That's yeah, some that, rouge. Your little bit of rouge, maybe some yeah. falsies. Then you're, you know, look, you're working Gorgeous. with something. Yeah. High cheekbones. They've got the bone structure. Yeah, they do. But it's also unfortunate they have to, you know, sort of succumb to like societal beauty standards mm -hmm. in order to be considered beautiful. It's actually quite sad I think, what we're seeing here. I think the unrealistic standards for T-Rexes is is a shame uh, because I think yeah. that they are beautiful even when they aren't wearing false eyelashes. And like, you know, I think that there should be a whole revamp of the whole dinosaur Instagram culture. Yeah. 
Yeah, I will say, you know, looking at these photos, it's interesting they say ha- they have lips, but it's like something I would have never really thought about. Like I would just assume the area around their their mouth where it opens is their lips. Yeah. But, so is like what different differentiates that sort of I guess lip area from the rest of their I guess exoskeleton, if you will. Like hmm, what made them be like, skin, no, no, yeah. they are lips. That's a really good question. I mean, lips are sort of a thing. Like the interesting thing with lips, right, is that it is something that in, in humans and some other animals are malleable, right? Like our lips have this fine muscle control and we can move them uh, in, yeah. in this way. But this that doesn't happen. To be the case, there are plenty of animals that have lips but do not have that kind of fine muscle control over them. Uh, I think that the uh, sort of general definition of lips is just like a fleshy projection that covers the teeth. I don't know if it needs to be much more than that. That's interesting. The way that researchers determined that T-Rex may have had these lips covering their teeth uh, is that they actually took a tooth from a close relative of the T-Rex, the Despletosaurus, another giant frightening predator that looks very similar to the T-Rex, and they bisected the tooth and examined the enamel from the fossil and found that it had shockingly little wear and tear uh, so enamel, when exposed to the elements or to coffee, can dissolve and wear over time. And so crocodiles and alligators, uh, the modern day examples of an animal who don't got lips and have their teeth all sticking out, cope with this by replacing their teeth often. They go through thousands of teeth over their lifetime. And that's a lot of money from the tooth fairy. Yeah, that's a lot of money. And I did not know they were losing teeth left and right. <laughs> They, yeah, it's it's a lot of teeth that they go through. But T-Rex teeth likely took too long to grow to be so easily replaceable. Uh, that plus the evidence from the T-Rex's close relative indicates to scientists that T-Rex could have had lips covering their teeth, which would have served the purpose of protecting their teeth from the elements. I mean, it's an interesting thing, right? Like, why do we have lips uh, one of the reasons, perhaps the key reason originally, is that it helped protect our teeth. Okay. I thought it was for kissing. <laughs> <laughs> Grow up, Anna. Jeez. Or for uh, talking. Don't lips do, or I guess the tongue as well, but I yes. feel like lips help enunciate certain words, but absolutely, could be They absolutely do. They, they help us talk. They help us enunciate, kissing, all of these sort of social things, but... We didn't originally evolve lips to talk. Uh, perhaps lips did help, but like we started to evolve much more flexible lips in order to be able to have more unique vocalizations, right? Like our primate ancestors. Um, but, you know, using our lips to really shape sound and stuff, that came quite a bit later in our evolutionary history. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, for the T-Rex, uh, the, probably the lips that they had were unlikely to be as pouty and flexible as human lips are. Uh, it was probably just sort of a, a tough sort of 
fleshy protuberance that is part of their face, probably quite leathery, that covered their teeth and protected them from the disintegration of their enamel uh, when exposed to the elements. So I, looking honestly at the illustration of T. rex with lips versus without lips, I think with lips, it looks like a more serious animal for some reason. Without lips, with its teeth kind of sticking out, to me now that looks goofy. Hmm. Okay. I feel like the classic look is teeth out. Yeah. But I feel like it look now that I see them with the lips on, it looks wrong without the lips. It looks silly. Well, it, look- it looks like they don't have teeth. Like them they'd be like like they lost all their teeth, basically, is what it looks like. With the lips on? Yeah. Lips on just looks weird. Huh. Like you're saying. I don't know. I, I for me, like the lips on makes sense to me. And with the with the teeth sticking out, the te- it makes me feel it makes me think this has sort of like an overbite and I'm just imagining it with braces on and being kind of silly looking. Uh but yeah, I mean yeah. I don't know cuz like with the with the lips over it, it, there's a mystery to it, right? Like how many teeth do you have? I don't know. It's being coy. It's it's a it's a mystery until I'm in that mouth getting eaten. To me that's intimidating. Okay. I I you know personally, I need to see the teeth before I get scared. <laughs> Because I'm like, well, what are we working with here? You might just be a nice guy. Right. Teeth always is like, if you're showing teeth, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm not interested in seeing your teeth, okay? Then I know you mean business. This is how we know you wouldn't make a good dentist. Because as soon as someone comes in your office and they're, you're, they show you their teeth, it's like, well, I don't want to see I'm your teeth. There. I'm out of there. You're out of there. Right. <laughs> Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So, Anna, earlier we were talking about how lips are not just used for protecting teeth. They can also be flexible and used to shape sounds. And so I want to talk about the beluga whale. So are you familiar with belugas? Uh, Yes, I am. Uh, you, You sound very like it sounds like your best friend is like a beluga. You were. No, I mean, they're they're just they're very viral animals, you know. I've come across a beluga in my day, you know? (laughs) You've dealt with a beluga, believe me. I mean, like, they're out here. People will be like, look at this beluga whale playing soccer. (laughs) You're like, wow! (laughs) 
you know, they got like the perfect little head that's like, I'm here to play. Yeah. They yeah. seem like fun guys. They are fun guys. They, they're actually very interesting because they are of the whales sort of the most expressive and like human-like whale. One reason yeah. is that their neck can turn. So they can turn their neck and actually look at you in a way that is oh, unusual. That. Yeah, unusual for whales. They also have highly flexible lips. So their facial expressions, I think, are a little more like uncannily, maybe not exactly human, but they are more human-like. So they actually well, use they have these... that curve. Yeah. Like that little sort of like lip curve that makes yes. them being like, hi. Hi. Yeah, they definitely. Hi. Yeah, they definitely have the hoi kind of look. They are very yeah. cute, very kind of goofy looking, but quite intelligent. So they use mm-hmm. those highly flexible lips on their face to suck in prey, which is unlike most toothed whales. So uh, they they kind of use their lips as a vacuum, which is really interesting. Uh, oh, really? Like, <laughs> yep, yep. They can suck oh. in, suck their prey right in, uh, just like they're eating spaghetti. Uh, they also use their lips in social ways. So we were, earlier we were talking about kissing. Uh, they mm-hmm. will make mouth-to-mouth contact with other belugas in a friendly gesture. Now, this doesn't necessarily connote any kind of like romantic intention. It is just sort of a friendly, like almost like a handshake, but with lips. Right. They're kind of like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they're they're, they're very European. Très European. Yeah. You know, like, hello, and just like greeting you with a little, little kiss, which trust me is taking me a little bit to get used to uh so with all that beluga kissing you're doing over there with all the belugas i have to kiss in europe so many Mm. so but one of the reasons i wanted to talk about belugas is they have a secret set of lips they have phonic lips located below their blowhole in their air passage so you cannot really see these from the outside these lips are located next to the beluga's flexible melon. So the melon uh, is this fatty ball in their forehead that the beluga can change the shape of using muscles, uh, which can change oh. the shape of sounds that the beluga makes. So you know how that beluga has that kind of like lumpy, fatty forehead? It, it looks yeah. cute. It looks squishy. It is cute and squishy. Uh, and then these phonic lips that are in its air passageway can kind of work similar to human lips and shape the sound that the beluga makes. And in fact, it is so good at doing this that it can somewhat mimic human sound. Uh, and it is so there is this really wild story from the 70s about a beluga whale that seemed to be able to mimic human speech. Uh, And as most animal stories start off, it happened with a Navy kidnapping. So in the 1970s, the the Navy kidnapped belugas from the Arctic. Uh, Some were so young that they spent most of their life in the Navy's care, which was the case for a calf named Nock. So the Navy had this whole like pipe dream where they were training belugas for surveillance. So they'd 
kidnap oh, a bunch. Oh, I do recall of, yeah. this. I do recall this. Yeah. So they like kidnapped a, lo- a bunch of like baby belugas and then were training them for military purposes. I, I think belugas are still used by various countries for military usage, which for me as Wasn't a pa- it also like a Russian thing. Yeah. Too? Yeah. Exactly. For me as a pacifist and someone who cares for belugas, not a big fan. Um, but. Nock spent so much time with trainers that he may have started to see them as his family. There is a recording made of Nock seemingly trying to mimic human speech. So there are no real words being spoken, just a mimicry of the general sound and cadence of a human conversation happening. So I'm going to play this for you. Okay, here is the sound of Nock the Beluga Seemingly mimicking human speech. So what do you think, Anna? Does that sound that is like a person? so weird. Isn't that creepy? That's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Yeah. So there's no words there, right? But his cadence, frequency, and patterns seem to match human speech. And they actually sort of tried to break it down and like break down the timing of it and, and make sure that it's not just that we kind of think it sounds like human speech, but that it's the frequency, these patterns that has certain like vocal patterns that are very similar to human speech. Um, So obviously it's really hard with like a sample size of one traumatized beluga to like really do a study of like, is this beluga actually trying to mimic human sounds? It's it's hard to know. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's such a, it is a really strange sound. I don't know how we could study this without being highly unethical because then you would, what would you do? Like kidnap more baby whales? Like I wouldn't want that to happen. So yeah, and then put them in a room together and be like, talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it seems like the Navy gave this beluga. I mean, if this is really this beluga trying to mimic human speech, maybe this beluga basically had like Stockholm syndrome identified with its captors, loved its human captors. In fact, there's evidence of this. Uh, Nock was once released from captivity by animal rights activists, and he swam outside for a bit, but then just of his own volition, like, returned to his captors because he just, you know, it's like his human family. He's never known anything else. He's never, like, gotten the experience of living with other belugas. So... The I don't know, the fact that he may have been trying to mimic the sounds of his captors is like this is a really disturbing story to me because it's like he's trying to communicate with people who he can never really communicate with. No, and he's trying to be like, hey, can I go? (laughs) You guys mind if I get out of here? Yeah, no no big deal. I'll stay. I'll stay. But I I just I'm a family and friends. yeah and they're like shut up beluga <laughs> but yeah like imagine if you were kidnapped by aliens and they are making sounds right like 
weird sounds and so you try to like mimic the sounds that the aliens are making to try to communicate with them and they're just like wow look at that cute human i'm sure that they don't crave other human interaction anyways i mean i have no, i have like no i mean it's just so sad what, what, it, it, when it's <laughs> when it's portrayed in like a light where you're like the beluga's like help help <laughs> like i, I it's just so sad. I know. I know. It's sad and it's like haunting kind of. It's like seems like he's yeah. like desperate to bridge this communication gap. Yes. But he's Yeah, it's like why is he why is he trying to talk to us? Probably because right. he's trying to be like, get me the heck out of here. I'm not who you think I am. I mean, I almost think it's something almost sadder. Like I don't think he can even imagine a life outside of captivity. I think he's just desperate for communication because belugas can communicate with each other and understand each other right like they it's not it's a you know it's not like a human language right like where words have specific meanings but whales often have like calls that kind of identify themselves and they can certainly like they can understand sort of the calls and the meaning of these calls and so yeah. for this very intelligent creature to be in this situation where it's like all it's ever known is humans. And uh, sure, there were other uh, belugas, like maybe one other beluga that it would interact with, but it's another captive beluga. So neither of them have any experience with beluga culture because I feel like animals do have culture. They can teach and pass on uh knowledge to each other and so it's it's a form of culture and so they they don't have any of that and so with knock he's he's just trying to communicate to the only family that he's ever known but he can never he he can never fully make himself understood or understand what the people are saying it's really tragic that's so sad it's really sad (sighs) well oh boy okay so a little upper here is talking about camels getting lip fillers. <laughs> so Okay, go on. I'm intrigued. <laughs> so camels, camel lips are really interesting. They have three lips, sort of. So they have this flexible lower lip and a cleft upper lip. So I don't know. I feel like it's, it's kind of a technicality of them having sort of three lips. But yeah, they have the lower lip, this cleft upper lip, and they're highly flexible, but they are also very thick and strong and they use this to eat anything from thorny bushes to cactuses like a a camel can literally chow down on a cactus like it's no problem yeah i feel like i have a very clear vision of camels chewing they're like yes and i'm sorry for all the people who have misophonia this is not the episode for you (laughs) no i also am sorry that nobody got to see you doing the camel chew because it was Um, ah, ah. isn't it like that it is very much like that that. and there's there's some like side to side jaw motion too like (laughs) and you're like wow it is that camel is chewing yes yes and if you don't have misophonia the sort of high displeasure at hearing mouth sounds you can check out videos of camels eating cactuses and it's not gory or anything because they're fine inside the camel mouth they have uh these conical papillae so papillae are these rigid bumps uh and these bumps actually 
protect their mouth from thorns by redirecting oh, wow. the thorns so that they're pointing down and parallel to the camel's uh, esophagus. So like, uh, ima- like if you have, imagine you have like a bunch of like, you know, thorns or sticks or something. And if you just like s- sort of push them uh, on a smooth surface, they can go in various directions. But if you push them on a grooved surface, they're going to go in the direction of the grooves. And that's how the camel's mouth works. And so that it can swallow these <laughs> thorns and have them go down safely down their esophagus i don't recommend trying this as a human it's not going to work out for you in fact camel lips are so important for their ability to eat that thick lips are a sign of good breeding like good health in a camel in domesticated camels which is so important that some camel breeders will inject their camel's lips with Botox to make their lips look bigger. So injecting Botox relaxes the muscles compressing the lips, and so it makes their lips much poutier. And so this is the huge juicing scandal in camel contests. You're injecting your camel's lips with Botox when you're doing like show camels. Mm-hmm. It's a big scandal if someone's found to be doing Botox into their camel's lips to make their camel lips seem bigger. Wow. I'm looking at photos of inside a camel's mouth. Um, weird. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say about that. Weird. An odd thing to look at. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know camels are really interesting we have a whole episode actually on camels that we did but like uh they when you get up close to the camel the more and more strange they seem i think like the inside of the mouth is weird the teeth are big and strange the chewing the the heavy eyelids they are just i mean honestly runway ready uh animals that's interesting you say it that way Mm -hmm. runway ready uh, I don't, I don't know if I like, I mean, I'm glad they could eat anything, but like, I don't know. I don't know about any of this. <laughs> you don't know about the, the whole cactus chewing thing. It is, it is an, unple- like, I'll put it this way. It's a bit of an unpleasant experience to watch them eating a cactus just because it looks like it should be painful. Yeah. It does not look like a good situation. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, but they're fine, which blows my mind. It does not look like something you should be able to chew and eat with ease. Like, obviously, you can eat cactus, right? Like, in uh, like people eat cactus, but we get rid of the thorns. We take the thorns off. That's a very important part of eating the cactus. Uh, but yeah. like, but eating the cactus with thorns and the sound it's making as these thorns are getting crunched and swallowed is. It's something. It's a type of ASMR, I guess. I get literally. I guess because I have no idea. Yeah, but yeah, just these. It seems so rough. Yeah, yeah. It, it's but they're fine with it. I think they're probably less fine with getting Botox injections into their lips. You know, again, we were talking earlier about unrealistic beauty standards for dinosaurs, and I feel like. Camels are now suffering from sort of the Instagram culture of like, hey, everyone's got to have certain type of lips, certain type of look. Uh, Just leave those camels alone. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you know what? I don't want to judge them, you know, 
if the camels themselves wanted to get Botox injections, I'd be fine with that. It's the fact yeah. that camel breeders are giving them the Botox injections. If a camel, if a self-empowered camel walks into like the plastic surgeon's office and it's like, give me an extra hump and some lip fillers, uh, like a, a hump, hump modification, I'm cool with that. If camels wanna do whatever they want with their bodies, but but it's the camel breeders that are do are like telling the camels like, hey, your lips aren't good enough. We gotta we gotta do some work on you. That's what bothers me. That is incredibly sad. I just I don't know. I, I'm there's always a new at like a new sort of like very specific controversy based on a very specific sort of hobbyist thing like camel competitions that I I love learning about incredible controversies for a type of competition that I didn't even really understand before. Camel competitions. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I mean, it makes Ugh. sense. I think that we sort of show off and compete every animal we've domesticated, right? Like, I think there are cat I guess shows. you're right. Like, you know, there's dog shows, but I think there's also like cat shows, which I can't imagine the cats are very compliant with being shown at a cat show. No, I feel like a cat show is like the most highly trained cats you'll ever see in your life. Because <laughs> what? I had a cat named Mins, and if I tried to take her to a cat show, everyone would be missing at least one layer of skin. Shredded. Oh, if I took my cat to a cat show, I don't think I'd have a cat anymore. I think he'd run away. Yeah. I don't think you'd have a face anymore. No. No. <laughs> Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career and here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. So now we are going to talk about another animal with fantastic lips. This is the tube-lipped nectar bat. Uh, it is a bat found in Ecuador with an incredible pair of lips and a tongue that just goes on for days. So this is a small bat which has the longest tongue-to-body ratio of any mammal with a three-inch or 8.5 centimeters tongue that is one and a half times the length of its body. Mm. So where do you think you put a tongue this long in an animal, right? Like, because, like, its head is pretty small. Like, where does this tongue go? Oh, boy, that is a good question. Well, is there, like, a, like, a sort of, like, almost like a fruit roll-up? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just goes, 
you know, like it just rolls yeah. back up and then come like it, it almost unrolls when you I l- need it. I love that. Uh, I wish that were the case. Uh, it is oh. actually located in its thorax. So the tongue sorry. recoils all the <laughs> way back into its thorax to accommodate its length. It'd be like if our tongue started in our chest. Uh, and then we could sort of okay. use, th- uh, there's this hyoid bone that it uses to be able to eject the tongue out of its uh, out of its chest, up its esophagus, and then finally out of its mouth. Uh, there might be some sort of tongue compression that's happening. It's not exactly like a fruit roll-up, but there might be some sort of tongue compression happening inside of its body. Uh, but yeah, it's because okay. it's it has a tongue that starts like in its chest, which is, you know, that it's that's a quite quite a French kisser, I gotta say. Wow, I don't even understand. I don't either. I I'm not gonna. Don't understand. I'm not how gonna, this any of this works. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not gonna think too much about what I just said. Uh, but yeah, so it uh, eats pollen and insects, but it also uses this incredible tongue to sip nectar. So the tongue has these long papillae. We talked about papillae earlier. So papillae are just like any kind of like bump, fleshy protrusion. Uh, and it has these long papillae that act as a mop for the nectar. So uh, the the these papillae will like dip into the nectar and kind of help using sort of the liquid tension and stuff in a surface area, it will help sop up the water. So the reason I'm talking about this bat on a lip-themed podcast is that the, or lip-themed episode, we're not always going to talk about lips on this podcast, uh, is that the lower jaw has lips that extend far past it, thus giving it the name the tube-lipped nectar bat. Like if you look at an image of this guy, it's got these lower lips that just jet way out. Okay, yeah. Weird. That's a weird one. He's got, you know, like the thing that cartoons do where they like uh, strum their lower lip with their finger or something to make that like noise. This guy could do that so good. He. This is an underbite. If I've ever seen one. It's an underlip, which is something I've never seen before. Because, like, its jaw is in the right place, but its lip goes right. It's just, it's like the lip is trying to leave the bat. Or, I can't, I can't even explain what I'm looking at. He's just, he's sort of just like, hey, what's up? He does. Like, I feel like that's how he would talk. Because his lip is so out. He'd be like, he got yeah. a little bit of a, he's got a little bit of a, what? Yeah, it's got like a Marlon, yes, yes. Marlon Brando. He's got sort of like a Marlon Brando Marlon sort of Brando. effect going on. Like, I assume he would talk like that. Like, he'd be like, you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding. Let me get this nectar real quick. And then it gets yeah. out his very long tongue. Yeah, no, yeah. he's definitely a Marlon Brando bat. Um, and so that's low. This If you did a side by side. Right. Just saying. I'm going to Google Marlon Brando. You got to Google Marlon Brando. Godfather, Marlon, though, because that, Godfather, that's the, he does actually have that's quite, what I'm seeing. He does like when he's young, uh, he does have quite plump lips, actually. Father, Godfather, gorgeous lips. Yeah, no, he's the, the lower lip of the Godfather. Like, look what they look what they done to my boy. 
Hadi bay bay. Bay bay. Bay bay. Yeah. There's a yeah. So this bat definitely Marlon Brando vibes. Um and that lower lip that is sort of this tube-like projection helps catch the nectar as the tongue sops it up and retracts. So it's got this system of like the tongue comes in and there's basically this lip that's acting like a cup to help catch the nectar and then it is able to drink this nectar and it is able to pollinate highly specialized flowers with very deep pitchers containing nectar. So only this bat with its really long tongue and weird lip can reach the nectar and soap it up can reach the nectar and drink it up and so as it's doing this the pollen of the flower dusts its head and will allow it to go and pollinate other flowers of the same species so it's this really interesting example of coevolution of this bat and this flower where only this bat can reach the nectar of the flower and the flower has evolved for that to happen so that this bat becomes the personal courier of the flower's pollen and takes that to other flower species. So it's kind of like, um, I don't know, what would you call someone who like facilitates romance between two people like a matchmaker? Yeah, a matchmaker. But then you're, but it's a matchmaker. Or a, a romancier. A romancier. I like that. I made that up. <laughs> It's a good word, though, but it's sort of more like if you had a go-between for someone to, like, collect someone's reproductive genetic material and then bring it to you. So I don't know what what you'd call that person. A romancier. Uh, a, th- a thief. A thief <laughs> if he's stealing genetic material. Um, I, I don't know. A romancier or, like, a... Sperm courier. <laughs> Yeah, like a, uh, yeah, I don't know, like a genetic, I, I, I gotta think about genetic that. Genetic genesequa. Well, uh, yeah. there's surprisingly another animal called a tube lip, uh, but this is the tube lipped wrasse. So the tube lipped wrasse is a small oblong purple and yellow fish that has a set of glossy, well hydrated, luscious lips. Uh, yeah, this fish. They are. Is, this fish has had. Here's the thing. This fish has had injectables. Okay. I mean, look, I, I'm not gonna say it hasn't. Like because I just learned that camels get lip injections. So why not a fish? So <laughs> this is found in. Well, this fish is pouting at me. He's pouting. It's a, it's a pout. It's like a. It's. What I mean, maybe it's still popular, but it what used to be very popular to do in photos where you stick your lips out, sort of the duck face kind of thing. Um, yeah. But the, this fish is doing it. It's back in 2006 doing serious duck face. So it is found in the Indian Ocean and Western Pacific. And the tube-lip wrasse uses its pouty lips to eat dangerous stinging coral. So the coral they eat is covered in stinging cells. So the tube-lip wrasse uses these Instagrammable lips that are covered in mucus with layered membranes, and they press their lips against the coral in a kiss and then suck the flesh of the coral up. So you know they're also good kissers, these fish. Yeah, I see that. (laughs) It's just... 
I mean, come on. Uh, so researchers believe that the unique structure of the lips and the high amount of mucus helps protect the fish from the coral stinging cells. So, you know, just these glossy, mucusy lips that they press onto the coral and then suck the flesh off of the coral. I don't know what to tell you. These fish are sort of flirtatious with this coral while also eating it. There is such a pout going on here. Yes. I don't even know what to think. I mean, it's it, overdoing it a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, I guess. Are you coming for this poor fish? <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying I'm not like these other fish that pout to get whatever they want from stinging coral is all I'm saying. I'm not like the other fish. Wow. Mhm. You've changed. <laughs> I've become so judgmental of of, of fish's lifestyle choices. Mm, I'm seeing that now. Well, Anna, before we go, we got to play a little game called the Mystery Animal Sound Game. Guess who's squawking? Every week I play a Mystery Animal Sound and you, the listener, and you, the guest, try to guess who is making that sound. Last week's Mystery Animal Sound hint, if you've got happy feet, this is not a sound you want to hear. So, Anna, can you guess who is making that sound? Again, the hint is, if you've got happy feet, this is not a sound you want to hear. Is that an orca? Oh, that's a really interesting guess. Very, very close. Congratulations to Will P, Auntie B, and Joey P, who all guessed correctly. This is actually the leopard seal, a very deadly predator of penguins. So, like the orca... It is a serial killer. Uh, the yeah. leopard seal grows up to around 11 feet or 3.5 meters. And with loads of sharp teeth, the leopard seal is no joke. It is a very, I would say, quite a scary, intimidating looking seal. They will happily eat anything from penguins, seabirds, fish, smaller species of seal, and even krill that they can filter through their interlocking teeth. So the vocalizations are often used by males in the breeding season to attract a mate. And they will hang upside down in the water and make this call in the hopes of attracting a female. Uh, But if I saw one of these things, just like this 11-foot seal with this mouthful of teeth, these beady predator eyes hanging upside down and making this call, I would assume... It is calling for the devil to come and take my soul. Yeah, I don't like that. It, it was when it sounds like it could be like um, talking to space. Mm-hmm. Don't like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, I I like that. It's a good rule in general. If it sounds like it's talking to space, get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> no thanks. No, thank you. Uh, On to this week's mystery animal sound, the hint, don't call this great animal a peasant. So, Anna, do you have any guesses? What was the clue again? Don't call this great animal a peasant. So it's not a peasant. (laughs) Huh. It's a little bit obscure. It's a bit of a tough one. Uh, Can you guess sort of the type of animal that it is? 
Well, I mean, a bird. I'm a, a type of bird. Oh, interesting. I will actually give you that. Yes, it is a type of bird. So that's an extra hint for y'all I mean, out there. I'm going based off the sort of peasant clue <laughs> that it's in that sort of family. Mm, but like it doesn't like to be confused for a peasant. Interesting. Very interesting guesses. Well, if you um, out there... Oh, sorry. Did you have another... No, I let's be real. I, I, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you out there think you know who is making that sound, you can write to me at creaturefeaturepod at gmail.com. You can also write any questions you have, any cute animal pictures, whatever you want, or like topic suggestions. Uh, Anna, thank you so much for joining me today on this very liptacular episode. Where can people find you? Uh, well, first, thank you so much for having me. I always enjoy coming and learning the most obscure, random stuff that I would never think about ever unless it was for you. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, you can follow me at Anna Hosnie on Twitter. I have an Instagram that's at Selling Hosnie. Uh, it's just Selling and then my last name. That's where I sell myself to you. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I have a podcast, Ethnically Ambiguous, that you can check out. I have a bunch of stuff going on, a bunch of shows I produce here at iHeart. Check all those out. If you follow me on social media, I post about them all the time, so you'll figure it out. Um, and then, uh, oh, I have a Substack now Ooh. called sellinghostnier.substack.com. I just write a bunch about a bunch of random pop culture stuff that, like, engages anything that i like randomly become obsessed with i read about it nice so that's fantastic subscribe to that if if you're interested in my musings (laughs) your musing amusing musings wonderful yes definitely check those things out and thank you guys so much for listening if you're enjoying the show and you leave a rating or review i deeply appreciate it and i read every single review uh, thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina Creature Feature is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, 
fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.